Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely blessed, fantastic day today, as always. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy, and you had a fantastic weekend. You know we do something every single Christmas. We started doing it a couple of years ago with the 12 days of Christmas starting up this week, trying to time it properly for you know the way it's set up. And so every single day, if you guys get our emails or sign up for our free weekly newsletter, which I hope you are, we have a coupon code called 12 days, number one, two, D-A-Y-S, super simple, super easy. And this coupon code is applied to one specific product each day for 24 hours. And so be sure to check out the emails every single day you're going to be getting today, the first day on the 12 days of Christmas, we have the ultimate multiple powder, which the 12 days of Christmas gives you the 10% off coupon code applicable only to that one specific product with no limit on how many you can order. So it's 10% off the ultimate multiple powder for today and today only for 10% off for the 12 days coupon code 12DAYS just want to give you a heads up on that and explain it to you if you have any questions about it it's in the email that goes out every single day and keeps everybody updated on it but be sure cuz we got a lot of really good products a lot of really popular products that are going to be going on sale each and every day for one day only so if you want to take advantage of that or stock up on any of the supplies and uh, you know keep keep a good store up on them be sure to check those emails out and watch and see what products we get rolling every single day and of course you guys know we have the product of the week, the B-Complex formula, which is up right now for over 11% off. No coupon code needed. Already ready to rock and roll as you voted in it. Won the B-Complex formula on sale right now at healthmasters.com. And also be sure to vote for what you want to see win tomorrow as well. Excuse me, tomorrow, Wednesday as well on the website at healthmasters.com. And so, again, appreciate the support. Thank you for getting the truth out there. Thank you for getting the shows and articles out there and continuing to just help out so many people wake up to what's really going on. You know, earlier I was reading a article and it was discussing how this white lung disease syndrome outbreaks happening among the pediatric offices now. They're starting to see a massive uptick in children and they're calling this this white lung disease syndrome. And essentially what this is, is this is a massive immune degrading effect from these massive vaccines that the vaccinations that the kids have been getting. And my opinion, my personal opinion, and multiple other doctors and physicians' opinions that I've talked to, this is being directly contributed to the massive overstimulation of the immune system along with the RNA gene therapy shot, which I told you guys was never, ever tested on children in conjunction with any of these other shots that they give them, much less doing any type of research to see what happens with this injection as this new COVID booster shot that was rolled out, what I think a month and a half ago now, was only tested on 10 mice from Pfizer. 10 mice, that was it. No no questioning, no testing, no research whatsoever on human beings, much less children. And when these children go in the pediatric office, they're not getting just this RNA gene therapy shot. They're getting DTaP. They're getting MMR. They're getting all these other shots combined all at the same time. It was interesting. Pediatricians, Dr. Paul Thomas and Dr. Larry Pavleski, on a recent episode of Good Morning CHD, they pushed back on the media claims of white lung disease. And they instead pointed to this vaccine-induced hyperimmunity response and also environmental factors that nobody's discussing. With the massive increase of glyphosate, food coloring, high fructose corn syrup, and other immune-degrading you know, ingredients that are in the food supply combined with massive antibiotic usage every single time these kids are sick, 
the doctors just prescribe antibiotics over and over and over and over and over again for pretty much anything. Then on top of that, you're injecting these massive amounts of toxins on a regular basis, not just the aspect of the denature, the dead virus that they're injecting, but the aluminum, the adjuvuncts, the mercury, the, 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 um, the, uh, all the different compounds that they're putting in them on a regular basis. You guys can go and look them up yourselves as they don't even try to hide the ingredients and the adjuvuncts in these shots. And so these are a combination all together that's pushing people to continually see health problems and health issues degrade in young children while at the same time they're claiming, oh, it's another outbreak. It's another health health pandemic. We need to vaccinate them into safety and keep everybody safe. And what's interesting, Dr. Paul Thomas said, there's no reason to be terrified about this. He said, we've seen this before where you get news that just blows up fear mongering. Such news provokes parents to rush their kids in the pediatric, pediatric office to get the RSV shot, COVID shot, flu shot. He goes, there's literally nothing worse you could do for your immune system than to take these shots. And what's interesting, he goes into more detail talking about exactly what I just did, where you're having this immune system that's being constantly compromised by these children and this massive over antibiotic usage. I was talking to a mom the other day, and she basically was discussing how she had a daughter that was having constant issues with ear infections and constant issues, you know, as far as getting sick. And it was like every single time she took her to the doctor, she constantly getting antibiotics, antibiotics. And she's actually declined getting the shot. She has to go in and basically formally decline it when she goes to the pediatric office and they give her a bunch of, you know, flack about it. And then, but to turn around and she's been using massive antibiotics. And the issue is that with this is not only does it wipe out the gut flora, in these young children, it causes them to start having all types of antibiotic resistant issues in the future if they do get an infection. So one of the biggest things you got to do immediately is if you do have a child that's on antibiotics for a specific reason, when they get off of them, you've got to put them on the probiotic formula. That is crucial for children and adults because you've got to get that digestive system and that gut flora and that gut microbe back in check because the antibiotics wipes out everything. Once that gets in check, the digestion, the nutrient absorption, the immune system, all those things that are tied in together with the gut, brain, and immune system connection continue to get better. And so you don't get on this merry-go-round response of getting sick, antibiotics, getting better, getting sick, antibiotics, and that becomes a cycle that's very, very dangerous for these young children, especially if they actually do get a serious infection. And then they try to go on antibiotics, and everything's resistant to it. So just thought I would throw that out there first thing this morning on being very, very aware of what's going on with this right now. And realize a lot of these problems you're seeing is due to what we've seen now with what they're putting in these young children. There's another article I saw that was really sad, and it was up in New York. It was reported by The Defender. It was a 15-month-old girl died two days after receiving her routine vaccine during a wellness checkup leaving her family searching for answers. And my condolences to the family. And, I mean, this girl's 15 months old. I mean, it, that's that's brutal. And, uh, you know, she went into cardiac arrest and died after receiving three vaccines, the Vercilla, the DTaP, and the HIB. And what, you know, irritates me about this is, and I've talked about this in detail before, you know, tetanus is – I talked to a doctor years ago, and he said tetanus is one of the only – widely available as far as viruses, as far as widely exposed viruses that you can basically die from. And yet it's something that may at some point be beneficial to get a tetanus shot at some point in your life if you can get a singular, single-use tetanus ampule because tetanus can kill you. There's definitely no question about it. 
He said, but what they've done now over the years is they put diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis into this vaccine. So it's virtually impossible to get your child a tetanus shot without trying to actually have to go in and actively order one by itself, which is very hard to get now. And so they put these together and they couple these shots together. And they do this all the time with these shots, like the MMR, measles, mumps, and rubella. These diseases and these viruses and these different things that are exposed now are virtually unheard of from children getting them in the unvaccinated world. I'm not even going to make the argument with the people that say, oh, well, we vaccinated them into extinction. That's why they're not there anymore. That's a complete and total lie. Sanitation, proper immune system, proper sunlight, proper D3 production, proper nutrient intake, lack of sugar and other types of compounds, lack of glyphosate in the body and allowing it to do proper things, allowing the body to continue to grow healthy, continue to live freely. Why is it that the Amish have virtually zero cases of any of these diseases? diseases and they have never been in the vaccine community whatsoever and getting shots why is it that they have almost zero cases of autism and autoimmune diseases in their communities even when they branch out and marry other individuals they're essentially not in the amish community why is it that you don't see all these problems arising communities that are unvaccinated the answer is because in most cases, these shots do much more harm than good. They cause the body and the immune system to massively downregulate after a certain period of time. And with the adjuvants, they cause enormous amounts of health problems and inflammation in the body that does not go away because they chronically inject these kids back to back to back to back. The body's resilient. The body can recover from a lot of different exposures. The body can clean itself out and detoxify itself. However, what the body cannot do is recover after it continually has an inflammation response that continues to cascade to a point of no return. Dad's talked about it before, where you start having the body where it literally does not know what to do with the macrophage, especially when it doesn't have proper D3, and it goes into a cytokine storm, and that's what happens to these children. So be cautious. Be aware on this. Continue to do research, but I want to talk about these few different things today because I'm I'm seeing this become a very, very common trend now, again, especially with families that are vaccinating their children where they're having serious health problems with these kids, and it's not getting better. It's getting much worse, and you've got to ask yourself the question, why is this happening, and is it, is it coincidental that the H, uh, basically that this RNA gene therapy shot has been rolled out now for children over the last year, and we're seeing a massive, massive increase in these health problems, even worse than we have seen in young children. You be the judge on that. You make your own decision. As far as I'm concerned, that's something I'm still going to stay away from <laughs> forever. So what do you think, Dad? How are you doing this morning? What's, uh, what's your take on that? Well, the other day I went to Five Guys. It's a hamburger place here in the southeast. I don't know if you've gotten where you are or not. I don't eat there very often because it's like a thousand calorie burger, but they make really good hamburgers. And they've got a big old five or six gallon drum of peanut oil right by the front door. And then they've got a bunch of peanuts. And then they've got you know eat peanuts while you're waiting in line. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool how they do that. The problem is if you have a peanut allergy, you don't want to go in the store. Period. Now, why do people and so many kids have anaphylactic shock as a result of being exposed to peanuts? Well, it's because they use peanut oil in a lot of the vaccines now. And so the body develops an antigen against that, basically, that, uh, that, 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 that peanut oil, and it develops antibodies against it. And, and basically, what ends up happening is you become allergic to it. And that's what the adjuvants do. They massively increase the immune response to different types of components they put into the vaccine in order to create more of an inflammation response at the infection site to try to create more antibodies. So it's like a catch-22. It's like Austin said, you can't seem to get clean vaccines. I mean, I'm not opposed to vaccines. Let me say that. 
I'm 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 opposed to dirty vaccines, and and I'm opposed to and I'm opposed to unbelievably unlimited vaccines. I don't think chickenpox or measles should ever have been vaccinated against. There were just common occurrences that happened when you were young, when we were kids. that go through a school, you get chickenpox, get measles, everybody's done with it. Now you got a lifetime immunity to it, and you're finished with it. But this vaccinating against these different types of diseases and now 76 different vaccines is a sanity, including put adjuvants like squalene and peanut oil, et cetera, that can increase the inflammation in the injection site. A lot of times they're so toxic to the bodies, like Austin said, they create a cytokine storm from the macrophages, which cause insane brain swelling. And the child just starts screaming because of the cranial pressure and this arch in his back and screaming. In many cases, that child will end with brain damage. I remember a, a good friend of mine. He was, quite frankly, he was very stupid about 20 years ago. And I had told him about the side effects of the vaccines. And he just laughed. He just thought it was funny. He said, I have an uncle who basically does research. He says they're all safe. And I said, your uncle's an idiot. And I said, don't do this. So he had two daughters. And so the first one basically ends up getting the vaccine after I begged him not to. She ended up becoming autistic. And I remember we were sitting in the restaurant the night she was vaccinated. and She was so sick from the vaccine. She was laying on the bench in the booth and couldn't even stand up. And he thought it was funny. He was laughing about it because the doctor told him that was a normal response to the vaccine. And, you know, in fact, all the way until when Sharon passed away, she never forgave her for having done that. Just thought I'd mention that. She wanted nothing to do with the guy after that. Well, then they decided to get their older daughter vaccinated. She ended up having the same thing happen to her, and she ended up in the hospital almost dead. But she didn't come down with any type of autistic symptoms, though. Then they said, well, we're not going to do any more vaccines. Duh. You know, I mean, what, what does it take? And I'm going to ask that. So the same three questions that we always ask. What am I doing to my children? What's it doing to them? And is that okay? Just ask yourself those three questions. You know, if you know that there's unbelievable controversy surrounding vaccines, if you know that, then what are you doing to the kids by injecting them with that? What's it doing to the children? Will it create an encephalitic scream? Will it basically cause all types of brain swelling? Will it cause autism? Is that okay? Well, the answer is no, that's not okay. And so that's the question you have to ask yourself. And that's what I did, and that's what Sharon and I prayed about before Austin was born. We decided that what we were going to do is we're going to do all the research on different vaccines before Austin was born because we want to make sure we had a, a you know informed decision. You know, Austin's 35 years old, 36 years old. So I mean, we're making this decision, you know, four decades ago. And then I read that book by Dr. Mendelssohn, you know, Confessions of a Medical Heretic. And I thought, well, that's pretty damning for the medical profession. And I thought, okay. Well, then I read his next book called basically How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Pediatrician. And he was a pediatrician. And I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's when he really hammered the vaccinations. And I thought, okay, that's it. And then we did a few more back, you know, did it, back. Remember, way back when, we didn't have the internet. You could just pull stuff up. You had to order books from the bookstore or wherever. And so this is what we did. We did the deep research on this. And I remember the Dr. Mendelssohn started running to the TV circuit and talking about all this different stuff on TV. And we watched him on TV talking about this. And suddenly he was dead, like at the age of 62. Great shape, thin, worked out all the time, looked good. Suddenly he died in his sleep or whatever. I can't remember anymore. But, you know, I was questioning that death and how he died. Because he was actually on big – I remember he was like on Phil Donahue and all those places, all those different shows that probably no one's ever heard of anymore under the age of 30. But he did all of those shows talking about this. That's when the media was still able to cover stuff and do it legitimately and not be censored. So we decided not to vaccinate anybody. And so then none of the other kids got vaccinated. And Austin's kids haven't been vaccinated. And it's, just, you know, and it's easy to say to Florida because you just get a religious exemption or you homeschool them, put them in a homeschool co-op. It's not, a, it's not difficult. It just takes effort. That's the thing. It's not It's not like you don't have to go out and spend $100,000 to prevent that in the state of Florida. You just go get a vaccine exemption waiver from the local health department if you want to put them in the school system. 
But better yet, don't even put them in the school system because the schools here in Polk County are absolutely horrid. So why in the world would you put them in there to start with? Just do a homeschool co-op like Austin's talking about. All of that stuff. Now, I, I, I'm, I pulled a bunch of news stories here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what you. I'm gonna let you guys come to your own conclusion on this. All right. And uh, this is this is just um, this is going to just be one of those deals. Uh, Saturday Night Live is extricated for its tone deaf and shoddy takedown of House anti-Semitism hearings. It is revealed that the ex-star pulled out of a controversial sketch despite rehearsing. Former SNL star Strong was set to play Representative Elsie Stefanik in a sketch. Strong was replaced by newcomer Chloe Troas following a dress rehearsal. The skit aired on Saturday and has been widely condemned for missing the mark. Saturday night continues to face massive backlash over his tone-deaf sketch of the congressional hearing about anti-Semitism on campus. Now, what they're talking about is that, you know, the people are protesting what's happening in Gaza with, you know, carpet bombing and genocide on campuses. But because they're protesting against that, it's anti-Semitic. Just thought I'd mention that. I'm going to keep going with this theme right now. Here's another article from Breitbart. Hamas warns it could kill all hostages unless Israel meets its demands. All right. A Hosman spokesman suggested Sunday that the terror organization could kill all of the presumed. Remember, this is presumed. 137 hostages in its custody if Israel is not accede to its demands. Now, here's the problem we have. Because, you know, Abdu Abadia, the familiar spokesperson for Hamas, who had not been seen for several weeks, released a video in which he made that threat clear. And here's the problem that I have. How do we know this isn't an actor instead of this guy? How do we know this isn't computer-generated? How do we know that there's even hostages? Because it says presumed hostages. Just thought I'd mention that. Now, here's Netanyahu. This is all in the news this morning. Netanyahu and Hamas terrorists don't die for a sin war. Surrender now. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sin war. Never heard that term before. Israel, Israeli prime minister, who I know, by the way, is a scumbucket, delivered a message to Hamas ter- terrorists who are still fighting the Israeli defense forces, hiding underground, who are holding Israeli hostages. Surrender now. So Israel prime minister delivered a message to Hamas terrorists who are still fighting for their homeland, who are hiding in underground and hiding in tunnels so they can try to survive in an area where the water has been cut off, the food has been cut off, they've been carpet bombed, the women and children are, being di- are dying by the thousands. So they're not wanting to release their home world, and they're fighting for their own land. But they need to surrender because, you know, they're doing a sin war. I guess that we'd call that jihad. In a statement, Netanyahu said that remaining holdouts should not die for the sake of Yahweh Sinar, sin war, the hospital's leader in Gaza. So apparently his name is Yahweh Sin War, <laughs> and they're not talking about sin war. In the past few days, dozens of Hamas terrorists have surrendered to our forces. They are laying down their weapons and turning themselves to our heroic soldiers who like to kill women and children. I'm adding that. This will take time. The war is still going, but it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. I say to Hamas terrorists, it's over. Don't die for sin war. Surrender now. Israel also released a video of former Hamas communications minister, minister you know, blaming sin war for the war as the Times of Israel's notice. So now they've got a Osama bin Laden, and they've, his name is Sin War, if you actually believe that. Uh, you know, think about that for a second. How does that affect the evangelicals who are supporting Israel when they're fighting a sin war? You ask yourself a question. Is this guy's really named Sin War? I mean, it even got me confused on that one this morning. Is his name really Sin War? S-I-N-W-A-R? In other words, we're fighting a war against sin? Unbelievable. I, I, I'm not going to say anything else about that. It's, it's nauseating to me. Um, here, now, here's another one. Dr. Phil condemns American universities at liberal woke hotbeds for fostering anti-Semitism. 
So now Dr. Phil, who's been made unbelievably famous by the Rothschild banking cartel in the media, is now condemning American universities for fostering anti-Semitism on the country because of the horrible attacks on Israel. And then he starts talking about how he saw the videos of the children and the cribs and all the other stuff and the genocide. And, you know, here he goes again. How does he know that any of this stuff is real? And how do you know he wasn't given a script to read? I'm just saying that. I mean, this is just unbelievable. He goes, how much context would it require if the student organizations were demonstrating in support of genocide of all Asians, Catholics, blacks, or gays? McGraw asks after reviving lips from the leader's testimonies. I'll tell you how much none he asserted. And you know what? There should be none. All these groups deserve protection and the right to attend school without fear, and so did the Jewish students. Dr. Phil talked about witnessing the horrible, horrific IDF video. Remember, this is, I believe that was completely staged. I don't believe any of that. Showing the types of atrocities that Hamas committed against the Jews on October 7th, many of whom were women and children. And the sexual assaults perpetrated on the women and girls were so sick and twisted as to defy explanation. Now, I'm going to stop here because I don't believe any of that stuff happened. I'm just saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying that I don't believe any of that stuff happened. Now you say, well, it's all on video. Yeah, so what? Who cares? I don't believe it. You know, so now another one. Basically, uh, people have spoken, and Elon Musk is now restoring the accounts of many alt-media people on X, formerly known as Twitter. And uh, so the pieces that people have spoken, so it shall be. Now, who's still banned on Twitter? Okay, This is from Reuters. Okay, Factbox, who is still banned on Twitter? Here's number one, David Duke. The account of the former leader of the white supremacist group Ku Klux Klan remains suspended on X. Twitter banned Duke in 2020 as he tried to curb the spread of hateful content on the platform. Basically, uh, Martin Schrecki, his former pharmaceutical executive, he's been banned. Nick Fuentes, an amount another white American supremacist, still appears to be suspended. Paul Raul Castro, the leader of Cuba's Communist Party, was permanently suspended from Twitter, and there's still, all these people still remain suspended. You know, and then in one of the comments I want to read, it says, in a country in which the First Amendment has not yet been struck down as unconstitutional, why is anyone other than those who threaten others with violence are still banned at all on Twitter or X. It would seem that those who control the media are banning speech because they fear they are losing the narrative. The fact is they have already lost the narrative, and he's right about that. But think through everything here. What's the common denominator? Anti-Semitism on all of these different types of articles I've read to you today. And think about that for a second. That shows you the power of the ADL. That shows you the power of the American Israeli Jew, you know, the political action committee, all APAC. It shows you the power of all these different groups and how they control the media and tell you what the narrative is going to be and use specific spokespeople like Dr. Phil to come out and to read a statement like he did. And I'm not saying that all the atrocities that happen on both sides of this war are fake because I believe they're not fake. I see the bombing and the, all the things that are happening in Gaza. All I know is the Israeli defense forces were shut down by Netanyahu for like eight hours as hang gliders came over and dropped grenades or whatever the heck they did. And everything was shut down on the Iron Dome defense network, but nobody's talking about that. And all I know is that they've been wanting that land in Gaza for decades of time so they can have beachfront resorts there and all the things they want to do in Gaza. And now they're saying that all the people in Gaza will be relocated or they'll be basically exterminated or killed. And then we have a guy by the name of Sinwar, if you actually believe that, that's being promoted to the population and to the public as being the primary guy who did all of this stuff. This stuff is like a stinking C-rated movie to me, and it nauseates me. It's the same thing with Zelensky, who likes to dance around in tights and high heels and use his private parts to play a piano with. Just thought I'd mention that.
And now we're supposed to believe everything that weirdo says, too, as far as Ukraine. So we've got a situation here where the media is so compromised at this point in the world that we can't believe anything they say from a, how should I say, truth standpoint. It doesn't exist with these guys. It's just it's awful what they've done. It really, really, really is. So you got to think about you got to think through this. Then we have another article through AP Newswire. Smugglers are bringing migrants to remote Arizona border, causing overwhelming U.S. overwhelming U.S. agents. <laughs> this has been going on for years. The millions have come across the borders now, tens of millions. Gersten Miranda and his wife are among the thousands of migrants recently arriving in this remote area on Arizona's southern border, with Mexico squeezing in the United States through a gap in the wall and walking overnight about 14 miles with two school-aged daughters to surrender to Border Patrol agents. There is no security in my country, said the 28-year-old from Ecuador who lost work when an employer closed due to extortion by criminals. Without security, you cannot work, you cannot live. A shift in smuggling routes has brought an influx of migrants here from countries such as such diverse as Senegal and all of these different areas around the country, Bangladesh and China, prompting the border control to seek help from the federal agencies and drawing scrutiny to ban critical issue critical in next year's presidential elections. Okay, this again is the destruction of the United States of America and the destruction of all Western countries through massive immigration. Now, I'm going to stop for one second. I'm going to say this. My mother was an immigrant from Germany. I, I have no problem with immigration. I don't. But it needs to be done orderly so you don't overwhelm the indigenous population. This is overwhelming the indigenous population. Any country that has open borders like this cannot sustain itself because these people are not going to be able to produce any type of revenue to start with and pay taxes to start with, and they're going to be a burden to the state, and they're going to cripple us through Cloward and Piven with this. That's what this is, and it's to take the republic down. It's to bring in a one-world government with a one-world dictatorship under a one-world religion. That's what this is. And that's what their goal here is. But they have to take the United States down, and they have to diversify the population to such an extent there's nothing left to fight for as far as the United States of America, one nation under God. It doesn't exist anymore. It's one of many hundreds of nations that have come into the United States illegally to basically destroy the population of the United States. We have to understand that. Now, here's another interesting one. I shouldn't even talk about this one, but I'm going to discuss it here. Daily Mail, how fat pride – became the new battleground in America's culture wars. One of six U.S. deaths are linked to obesity, but liberal states are banning fat phobia with discrimination laws against fat people. <sighs> this is crazy. Sitting picturesquely in the picturesquely, sitting looking good in the foothills of the hiking and skiing mecca of the Rocky Mountains, Boulder isn't known as America's fittest city for nothing. Intimidatingly, hale and hearty is a place where bars and restaurants are dead by 9 p.m. so locals can fit in an early morning ski or mountain bike climb before work. Talk about how nice Boulder is. And then there's the annual Halloween dash, which makes it so, it's so extraordinary that in Colorado, people love to be in shape and condition. However, plus-size model Tess Holiday, pictured in L.A., has been outspoken about body image. Now, this woman's probably about 350 pounds, maybe 400, I don't know. And so they're saying that they're urged by fat pride groups, which have sometimes served as official advisors in other states, to change laws in Massachusetts, Vermont, New Jersey. Meanwhile, cities across the country have already started passing laws aimed at preventing discrimination against the fat. San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and New York City. As in the case of Superfit Colorado, the drive for fat acceptance is more about ideology than health. Conservative states as West Virginia and Kentucky, with the worst obesity problems in the country, are having no, no, no luck with such laws. But staunchly Democratic Colorado woke to its core, sees itself as one of the most progressive beacons in the U.S. In 2014, it became the first state to legalize recreational cannabis. 
In fact, almost all cases in left-wing cities and states are pandering to the anti-fattist lobby with new legislation, and very often the same ones have tried to discriminalize drugs with disastrous consequences. Okay, I'm going to stop here because uh, I'm not going to keep reading. This is just it's, it's becoming repetitive. Here's the thing. If a person has a problem okay, with being obese, it's because they're eating too many calories, period. That's it. Or they're drinking alcohol. That's the other thing that can do it because it stops the production of an enzyme, enzyme called lipase. It takes like three days to restore that production of lipase. And lipase burns body fat rather than storing body fat. So if you drink alcohol twice a week, like on a Tuesday and a Friday, it's going to be literally impossible to start burning body fat. So it's very difficult. It's a chemical reaction in the liver. So the liver is trying to detoxify the alcohol so it stops producing lipase and it has to boot it back up and spool it back up again. So you start storing fat like crazy. Now, I'm going to say this without offending anyone. It doesn't matter. I'm offending anyone. It doesn't make any difference. Why I cover this stuff? Everybody gets mad. Listen to me. One of the big reasons that women are gaining so much weight, they start this in their mid-20s. Don't, and guys do it too, so it's not just women, okay? But women have a very hard time metabolizing alcohol. It's incredibly hard for a woman to metabolize alcohol, much harder for, than for a man. And they cause a lot of problems with lipase production. And so these young girls go out, they want to start partying and gaining weight. Then at 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, they're still drinking. They're drinking that glass of wine every night with their friends. Well, they never produce lipase anymore. So suddenly they start gaining a pound or two pounds a month. We say, well, that's not too much. A pound, you gain a pound a month, you gain two pounds a month. It's just 25 pounds a year. You can't hold 25 pounds. What about the next year? Now you're at 50 pounds. Same thing goes with guys. Next, how about the next year? Now you're at 75 pounds. Or you, did, or you gained one pound a month, and now in, in 10 years you've gained 120 pounds. So now you started off at 120 pounds. Now you're at 240 pounds or 250 pounds or 300 pounds, and now you've got fat pride going on. Well, I'm fat, and I love it. Okay, well, okay. It increases the risk of pancreatic problems. It increases the risk of insulin problems as far as syndrome X, it increases the risks of diabetes, it increases the risks of joint conditions, it increases the risks of heart attacks, it increases the risks of cancer. So how okay are you? I mean, I mean so you ask yourself the questions. So then now you get Ozempka comes out, and it basically regulates by pulling insulin back down, so stop it as a storage hormone. And so now you basically end up you know, losing the body fat, but you still can continue to eat junk. And then if you really start to eat clean, you start to lose the weight. You know, with the Ozempka, you start burning fat. Well, wouldn't it make sense if you started eating clean to start with? You wouldn't need the Ozempka. Cut out the alcohol. You won't need the Ozempka. You cut out all these junk food calories. You won't need the Ozempka. I, I, I met a lady the other day drinking soda still. She's up 10 or 15 pounds already from sodas, from high fructose corn syrup. And I mentioned to her, I said, you know, this drinking the soda stuff is not going to help you to lose weight. Oh, I like them. It gives me a kick in the morning. It gives me a kick in the evening. I drink two or three sodas a day. I said, not only are you ingesting hundreds of calories a day and empty calories, you're also basically pouring all those high fructose corn syrup into your diet, which is going to cause syndrome X, which is going to make you gain more and more body fat. It was like talking to the wall when I said that. They don't care. I had this one guy that I knew for years and years and years. He's addicted to diet sodas. And he was two, three, four hundred pounds or whatever he was. I can't remember what that is. That's his peak. And he's been able to keep the weight off now, but he ended up developing diabetes. And I pleaded with him not to drink diet sodas. It causes the, increases the risk of brain tumors, brain cancer, seizures, headaches, optic nerve degradation. It causes severe memory lapses. doesn't make any difference. Never stop drinking diet sodas. All you can do is tell people the truth. That's it. Now, I, every day I weigh in. I weigh in. Every day and every day in the, in the gym, I write on a chart what my weight is and what body part I'm working. Every day. And you think, well, that's too much. It's too, it's too, you're, too, you're being anal about that. Okay, I am. I'm being anal about that because I realize how important 
having the proper body fat percentage is from a health standpoint. That's why my blood pressure is still 110 over 60. My heart rate is still anywhere from 55 to 62 beats a minute. So my body fat is about 12%. That's why I still grab a 100-pound curl bar and do 10 reps with it. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I, and that's why I take zero medications, zero. And so you think through it for a second. You think, well, why in the world would you be so strict with your diet and your lifestyle choices? I've seen too much of the other side of this. So, I mean, I have a, we had a friend of ours who was a chiropractor. He got so big, one of the best chiropractors I've ever known. Great guy. He ended up being 500 pounds. He was having to walk around with, like, crutches in his office because he could no longer work because of the obesity. He'd go out and have two full-size pizza pizzas every single day, day and drink, like, a gallon of soda with it. Also, I talked to him about it. And he ended up having to retire because he could no longer walk. But he wouldn't stop eating the pizza every day. He probably took in 20,000 calories a day to maintain that weight. Food is just not that big of a deal. I'm not a foodie. I, I pretty much eat chicken and vegetables. Last night I had you know wild salmon and vegetables. It's just not a big deal to be entertained by the food and the beverages that you drink. Now, my, don't get me wrong. I love drinking the magnesium brain food. You know, you know, with the total rest with it, it tastes like you know, like a punch. And I mix it in distilled water. I put a little ice on it. It tastes great. I do that every single day because that helps to keep the calcium out of the arteries and it helps keep the brain clear. It helps to stop brain fog. I love how it tastes. I'm not going to drink it, you know, four or five times a day. It's too much magnesium, but the reality is once a day it's fine. Or I drink distilled water, or I'll make fresh lemonade. I've got organic lemon trees in the backyard. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring the lemons in. I'll put a little stevia in it, and it's absolutely delicious. But you don't have to be entertained by your beverage. You don't have to have a fizzy drink every time you turn around. You don't need all that stuff. That's all lies. And that high fructose corn syrup is extremely addictive. So avoid that stuff, guys. And, and, and this fat shaming, I don't think we should be fat shaming anybody. We shouldn't be making fun of fat people. I mean, gosh, it doesn't, that's not okay. We shouldn't be making fun of anybody for anything. But the reality is, is that don't start promoting it as a lifestyle that's healthy. Don't, don't, it's not, it's not. And that's why you encourage other people to continue to gain more and more and more weight. It doesn't make any sense. It shows you, again, the Bible says that in the latter days, everything will be upside down. Good will be bad, bad will be good, you know, right will be wrong, wrong will be right. You know, universities destroy knowledge, doctors destroy health. I mean, all of it's all torn to pieces now because we have been so politically corrected as far as our views and our, and, and again, remember what happened. And it happened in the 20s when the communism came into Europe and into Russia. They started saying that beautiful art was ugly art, and they had to start producing ugly art, and you had to start loving the ugly art. All of it was a psychological program they did to destroy the psyche of the individuals. You, you, you weld two forks together, and you put it in a park, and you go, oh, look how beautiful this is. No, it's not. It looks stupid, but you're supposed to tell you how beautiful it is. No, it's not. Rembrandt's beautiful. You know, that's beautiful. Da Vinci's beautiful. All these beautiful old masters, that stuff's beautiful. Not two forks welded together, but again, that's being done so that you can see good as evil and evil as good. That's why they're doing that. It's a psychological ploy that they're doing. And, you know, Germany was so against that in World War II and before World War II in 1930. They said you can't be telling people that ugly stuff is pretty. It destroys the psychological how should I say it, it destroys the psyche and it twists the mind to such a point that you start believing the lie about all of this horrible stuff being okay. Child pedophilia is good. No, it's not. It's perverted. Transgenderism is good. No, it's not. It's perverted. Obesity is great. No, it's not. It's unhealthy. But that's what they want to point. Last night I was talking to somebody and, and we were joking about, you know, me talking about, you know, butch dyke lesbians or, you know, talking about whatever. And I said, look, I said, here's the thing. I was raised around some of these people. And I realized how mean, how horrible they were. I said, I've got a right. I've got the badge of honor on that deal as far as dealing with these folks on a regular basis. And I said, I choose not to. 
And, and, and that's their choice. If they want to be a butch dyke lesbian, that's up to them. But I don't have to accept it. I don't have to endorse it. And I don't have to like it. The problem is nobody wants to talk about any of this stuff anymore. We want to excuse it all and say, oh, we can't mention this. Can't mention that. Can't mention this. We're not going to do that on this show. We're going to call it out for what it is. And if I can't, I'll just retire. I, I won't do it. I will not allow myself to be censored, not in the United States of America, not with our First Amendment right, and not with the most high God on my side. I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to tell you guys the truth. Whether you want to hear it or don't want to hear it, you get mad or not, you send me ugly letters. I'm not going to do it. If you send me ugly letters, I just block you and delete you anyhow. So that's your choice. And by the way, I'm pretty much caught up on my emails at askdrtedb at yahoo.com if you want to fuss with me again about this stuff. But the reality is that I am not going to compromise my values. Health is really, really important while, in the, while we are in this physical body. And it's very, very difficult for a sick person who wants to lay in bed all day long to get out and witness for Jesus. Just thought I'd mention that. Also, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? <laughs> uh, well said, my friend. And, you know, <clears throat> going in and making fun of people for being obese is not okay. You're 100% right about that. But another factor of two is it's not okay to turn around and endorse that behavior and say it's healthy. That entire concept is becoming very, very normal now where people are saying, oh, it's fine because somebody's four or 500 pounds. That, lead, that leads to an early grave. I can tell you that right now. I've watched it happen numerous times with people. You know, I remember I was, it was always kind of a, a joke in college. We used to always talk about, you know, a lot of people that came to college and they didn't really work out. They didn't eat cleans. Even when I was in college, I still trained. And um, I still, I didn't eat super clean, but I still trained. I was very active. We used to always talk about the freshman 15. It was first 15 pounds the first semester. You all see it all the time. It was, you know, we were junior, sophomore, senior. You get, you know, the older classes, you start seeing these kids come in and these girls would come in and these guys would come in and by, you know, three, four months, They'd all start getting just that that extra pudgy look to them, like the extra 15, 20 pounds because they're eating junk all the time. They're staying out all night. They're drinking. They're going to Taco Bell. It just happened. And, you know, I used to always tell people that. I said, you know, if you're going to be eating junk food, you better darn well make sure that you're training to be active because, quite frankly, there's no excuse to be getting overweight when you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. There's none. You have so much growth hormone in your body. Your hormones, are, in most cases, are so balanced out. And if you're exercising and training four, five, six days a week, you don't really have to eat that clean at that age. There's really no excuse that you have to sit there and gain all that weight. But again, you see the inactivity and like that said, I saw it a lot. I've seen it a lot with regular alcohol consumption. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong occasionally having a drink here or there. There's nothing wrong with it. Your body can metabolize it just fine. Now, excessively drinking, going out and drinking, you know, six, seven, eight liquor drinks at night and getting drunk, that's not healthy under any circumstances, nor is it recommended whatsoever. But occasionally, you know, every couple months going out for an occasion or an anniversary or a wedding, having a couple drinks, it's not going to hurt you one bit, especially if you're active. Your body will metabolize the alcohol, run GHI cleanse that night, and cleanse your body out. However, when you start having issues, and it's exactly what Dad talked about, is when you start drinking every single day, even if it's not a large amount, even if it's only a, one or two drinks at night or one or two glasses of wine, because what happens is the body's production of enzymes and lipase massively decreases, exactly what he said. And, and here's the problem you run into as well. You start the habitual habit forming of giving your body alcohol every single day. If you have a drink every two or three months, it's virtually impossible to become addicted to something you do once every two or three months, period. It's really not. I mean, within reason. If you start doing it every single day, your body will start craving that alcohol every single day. You start drinking it every single night. And what happens is every year you start gaining a little bit. Every year you start gaining a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you realize, wow, what's going on? My body composition has gone horrible. You know, the stomach's, I got a gut. I don't have any muscle endurance. I don't know what's going on. So it's really important to make sure you're maintaining your overall health and monitoring that. 
every day or every week or every month. You know, some people find it too difficult to try to monitor that every single month or excuse me, every single day. But at least be active and proactive in your body weight and your body composition and continuing to make you know, progress. You know, that was one of the big things when I was in bodybuilding training and that was the same way when he was younger. It's constant progress, literally every single week when I was training with my uh, workout partner back in the day, you know, back when I was in my mid-20s, we're competing. Every single week, we would be doing progress picks as far as in the gym locker room in there, as far as back double by, you know, front lat spread, all different poses as far as for bodybuilding because you want to go in there and you want to look at the photos every single week. You want to look at your body weight. You want to look at your body composition. You want to look at your body fat and make sure you're dialing everything every single week coming into the show so you come in as dry and as hard as you can. And that's one thing about it. Once you do that a couple of times, you start realizing it's not that difficult to maintain healthy body composition. It's really not. It just takes discipline. And discipline is something that is <laughs> far and few between these days now because essentially nobody wants to be disciplined. Or not, or not everybody, but a lot of people just don't want to have discipline on anything. And we've got this, this immediate instant gratification society now where because of the internet and because of these computers that everybody keeps in their pocket nowadays, people have to have immediate gratification. I want to know this right now. I want to do this or I want to see this. Bam. You don't have to work for it. The body doesn't have to earn it. You have to go outside and struggle for it. You don't have to go outside and pick up logs or pick up cinder blocks and build it. You just go out there and, oh, this is what I got now. This is what I'm doing. This is that. And that's one of the issues you're seeing now with the younger generation of why they're so stinking lazy all the time and they don't want to do anything because essentially they have no understanding. I told you guys this before. This is what happens now with these younger children. They're dopamine triggered in a continual basis with the iPads and the iPhones. Young children, especially when they're you know, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, their bodies, their brains are making connections every day. They're making connections, new connections, new connections, new connections. They're growing. They're forming different ideas, different habits, different thoughts, different engagements. And what happens is when you sit there and dumb them down in a stupor and you give them their little dopamine trigger and they can go play you know, Candy Crush or YouTube or all these stupid games on iPads and they get this immediate constant dopamine, 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 hit, 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 like they're playing slot machines at Doggone Casino. What happens is they don't understand what actually happens and how it actually feels good when they go and complete a project, when they go outside and help put a new tire on their bike, or they go dig a new ditch to make a new bicycle jump and go jump it, or go help patch something on a fort, or go wash a vehicle in detail. They have no idea what it feels like to accomplish something, and when they go actually may go do that, they think, this is too much work. I, I can't do all this. I don't know how to do this. It's going to take 30 minutes. That's too much. I want to get back on my iPad and play my little video games so I can get my more dopamine in 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 second increments. So be careful so much with these young children, what they're being exposed to, what you're allowing them to do to essentially pacify them because that's what's happened now. Majority of parents use these tools as pacifying techniques because they don't want to mess with their kids. They don't want to be engaged parents or they don't want to allow their children to actually get engaged with things. So it's easier to sit them on the couch, give them an iPad, shut up, focus on your computer for two or three hours and leave me alone. My friends, that's a recipe for disaster in trying to raise little Americans. Let me just put it at that. Also to another news, this is interesting as well. <laughs> of course, it's, I, I, I think this is going to be a never ending thing with the, with COVID and the CDC, the CDC is so engulfed in COVID and is so buried in the lie that they can never come out of the throttle with COVID. They can't. They're, they're so committed in it now. They're going to have to continually come up with new reports every single week and every single month about COVID. They've now stated uh, yesterday that the CDC has indicated that the new JN.1 COVID subvariant is increasing across the United States, compromising potentially a 
third of all cases. <laughs> I can't even make this up. They projected the JN1 covariant as far as will continue to increase as a proportion of the SARS-2 genomic sequences. It's currently the fastest growing variant in the United States. <laughs> they said it's unclear to what extent it's going to contribute to hospitalizations, but it's likely that the COVID-19 is going to increase during the winter months, and it's important that everybody get their new booster shot. And Pfizer's working on a new subvariant COVID booster right now because the last one that they rolled out a month and a half ago apparently doesn't work, or does it work? <laughs> the white lung syndrome that we're seeing right now that just ironically started popping up right when the COVID subvariant shot, the new bivalent booster shot rolled out from Pfizer. Hmm. Coincidental timing, isn't it? Just happened to roll out right at the same time. A few weeks later, white lung syndrome across the world. Everybody's getting it. Oh, now we've got a new JN1 subvariant new virus that's occurring. Guys, as I said before, don't listen to this fear porn. Keep your immune system strong. Keep your mind strong. Keep your body strong. Keep your stressors down. If you need to, take the cortisol buster to keep your stress you know, down. Make sure you're taking your vitamin C and D3. These are staples. They work. I've tested them along with thousands of other people that are Health Masters customers, and they've gotten great results all across the board. I can't – I honestly don't even know. You guys know we have a 90-day money-back guarantee, period. Occasionally, we get a product here or there. Occasionally. Occasionally. We got a super low return rate. Occasionally, something comes back. Somebody couldn't take it or they didn't like the taste or something like that. Okay, got it. The amount of vitamin C and D3 that I get back on returns, I don't even know when I got a return back on those. I'd have to go back and look. It's probably at least been two or three years. I don't get returns on them because every time people start running those supplements, they start feeling so good and their immune system starts functioning so good and they stop getting sick. In most cases, I'm not saying you're just going to protect you forever and you're never going to get exposed to something. What I'm saying is it massively increases your immune system. We've talked about it in detail with D3 and why it's so important. But this fear point now the CDC comes out with, understand, these guys are buried in, in COVID now. They're buried in it. They cannot come out of it because if they ever admit that this thing was simply a mutated flu bioweapon that they produced in a lab to roll out to get people to take the real bioweapon, the RNA gene therapy shot, the United States, even I think with the dumbed-down population that we have now, I still think they'd be up in arms when everybody realized every single thing we were told about COVID was a lie. It was designed to get people in the hospital with a false test positive, a false positive test of COVID. It tested positive. Just about everybody tested positive, even with no symptoms, to get them in the hospital, to get them on remdesivir, to get them on a ventilator, to run the death rates up, and to generate billions of dollars billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue for the hospitals and continue to make hundreds of billions in generational revenue for Pfizer and Moderna and AstraZeneca and all these companies. You know, it's ironic to me that we saw the free speech so compromised. I bring this up all the time. When you knew, you knew it was a lie when they started telling everyone you were not allowed to talk about vitamin C or N-acetylcysteine or zinc or ivermectin or any topic whatsoever about COVID. You could not talk about it. You could not suggest it. You could not recommend it. It was forbidden to talk about. That's when you knew it wasn't about public health and it wasn't about public safety. It was about fear and control of the narrative to make sure they could maintain and get the bioweapon out as much as they can. Speaking of bioweapon, this is on Zero Hedge. Japan now has approved the first self-amplifying RNA COVID-19 vaccine without publishing any efficacy or safety data. This is You guys are going to love this. Tokyo-based Maijin Psyche Pharma 
received approval for manufacturing and marketing Costava SA mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, the company announced in the press release last week. The RNA in the vaccine is designed to self-amplify when delivered in cells, which generates a strong immune response and the potential for extended duration of projection. <laughs> Gosh, the vaccine is intended for primary immunization, two doses, as well as booster immunizations in adults. And it's the first world approved, excuse me, the world's first approved product applying self-amplifying RNA gene therapy technology. When RNA vaccines are injected into an individual, the RNA instructs cells to make specific protein. As you guys know, this is what goes back to the body producing spike proteins. Your body actually starts producing COVID when you take the RNA shot. That's why people were basically shedding it. It goes on to say here that the RNA instructs cells to make specific protein and thus stimulates the immune system. A self, this is great, a self-amplifying RNA vaccine takes the concept further by making RNA copies which ends up generating more spike proteins in the body. <laughs> they said that this, this approved Japan, despite only testing on 800 people, no control group, and only checking antibody levels, not infection rates. Medicine regulated died with COVID, as the General Secretary of Free Speech Union said this, Toby Young. And what's crazy about this is, you guys can look at this, how can you have a research study on a gene therapy injection and have no control group. There's nothing to compare it to. You literally just manipulate the data and say, well, it worked. It's safe. It's effective. We're rolling it out now on 800 people. It's safe to go. So now we're going to roll it out to the general population. I will give you guys the article link on the website because I'm running out of timers. I've got a lot of other stuff to cover on here. We're going to go into more detail on this because when you thought RNA gene therapy was rough, this self-amplifying RNA gene therapy, essentially what they're doing is they're taking RNA shots, which are already toxic. We've talked about it. Cause your body produced by proteins and we're basically put them on a massive elephant steroid cycle. That's what it's doing. And so not only is it doing what it already did before with causing your body to produce spike proteins, it's essentially doing it and amplifying it to another level. It's basically self-amplifying. There, and there is no, by the way, in this research I look, there is no long-term idea on how long this is going to happen and how much you're going to produce, meaning the body is going to become sicker and sicker and sicker and shed even more. Well, because, you know, it's science, guys. And I told you all, when they came out with RNA gene therapy, and Dad talked about it, and we talked about it in detail in 2020. We looked it up. We found out that DARPA was the one who originally started this stuff in 2012, and they were working on it in their super soldier program, and they actually scrapped the project because the side effects were so horrific. Then they had testing on ferrets and lab rats basically in 2016, and they ended up scrapping the project because all the ferrets died after they gave them the shot. Then suddenly the shot rolls out in 2020, and they go – it's safe and effective for human usage, not just human usage, the entire world, not just the entire world, pregnant women as well, not just pregnant women in the rest of the world, children as well, and not just children, toddlers, oh, not just toddlers, infants, it's approved for everybody, I feel like we're dealing with Oprah Winfrey with this shot, everybody gets a free RNA gene therapy spike producing shot, you get a free shot, you get a free shot, you get a free shot, babies get free shots, children get free shots, pregnant women get free shots, whole world gets free shots, except it wasn't free. It wasn't safe. It wasn't effective. And that has been proven now time and time again. So keep doing the research, my friends, and keep getting the truth out there because this is starting to become very, very bizarre. But as we said before, 
This isn't going to stop until people really start waking up and questioning what's happening instead of just blindly going along with what every single thing they're told in the mainstream media. And we've seen now a great awakening with a huge percentage of the population due to shows like this and other alt media shows that are really bringing the truth out there. So keep pushing the line. Keep talking about what's happening and do not be shy. Do not self-censor. I appreciate that constant support at healthmasters.com. What do you think, Deb? Um, I think that was a really good segment, Austin. I, it was good. I liked it. Um, by the way, um, RFK Jr. has come clean now for flying with Jeffrey Epstein twice on the Lead Express. And, uh, you know, here's the thing with, with Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was pretty much, uh, how should I say, uh, the linchpin as far as getting people blackmailed in the United States and our government and our basically judiciary and now JFK or RFK is basically sitting here and he's admitting it. And now he's also RFK is coming out and saying that he, he's pledging to give Israel whatever they need. Again, it goes back to the common denominator we talked about at the beginning of the show. You know, it says RFK calls for more aid to Israel following the tax. Uh, you know, Glenn and RFK Jr. vigorous background and forth on Israeli politics. You can listen to that too. I'm going to post all this. So you can see it. So you know. RFK, do I like him? Yes, I like what he says about vaccines. Yes, he's the only politician out there that told the truth about the COVID shot. But he is a hardcore liberal Democrat. Don't forget that. Don't forget his base and what he believes. Very, very important. You understand that he is a Kennedy. Now, the only Kennedy that I liked was JFK. He's a great guy, but they killed him. So just be very careful when you start giving endorsements to certain people, especially now that he's running on a third-party ticket. Because you know he he will siphon votes like Ron Perot did again, and he will he will siphon them probably against Biden and against Trump, maybe equally. I don't know, but the reality is this: all of this stuff is staged politics. Don't get caught up in it and make yourself think, "Oh, he's real, he's real." Remember what Trump did us did to us in 2015 and 2016. We all believed that he was going to do what he said he's going to do. Now he's coming in and saying he, when he comes back in office, he's going to start off as a dictator. Wow. Think through what they're doing and how they're completely manipulating the scenario, and I promise you they're going to put in whoever they want to put in the presidency because the elections are completely and totally rigged now. Just thought I'd mention that. Until we get rid of the rigged elections, we are basically at the mercy of whatever these Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan weirdos want to do. But you keep your hearts and minds in Jesus, for he is the author, and he is the finisher, and he's the perfecter of our faith, and he is the hope that we have because we have hope and glory all the days of our life and then for all eternity I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, awesome. finish it up. Great show today. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You're spot on, and this is why I've been a very big proponent of making a very clear statement. Any laws or mandates or restrictions that go against directly against the Bill of Rights or the Constitution, they're not legal. They're void. I'm being honest with you. When you start having people bring out laws that suddenly violate the Second Amendment, like we had with the governor of Albuquerque, who came in and said, by the way, nobody's allowed to carry a firearm legally, concealed or unconcealed, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for the foreseeable future, because I dictated it, because it's a public health emergency. You are not allowed to carry a firearm, even if you're permitted, even if you're licensed, even if it's legal, even if it's a legal firearm, period, 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 you're not allowed to carry a firearm. What did I do the next day? Get over 300 patriots go to downtown Capitol in Albuquerque. Open carrying, M4s, ARs, shotguns, you name it. Law enforcement did nothing. They said nothing. They actually encouraged them to do it. They said, we're not going to support this. We're not going to go along with this. We're not going to enforce this. This is blatantly illegal. 
And so again, at some point in time, you've got to ask yourself the million-dollar question. How far are you willing to go to defend your rights? I'm just asking the question. I'm not, I'm not putting anything out there. I'm just saying, how far are you willing to go to defend your rights? As I've said before, and I've said it again, it will be constantly true. Just because something is a right, it's a God-given right, it's a bill of rights, we're ingrained with it as a right, does not mean people are not going to try to take it from you. It's like saying, well, I've got a house, and my family lives in my house, but I don't need locks. I don't need security. I don't need firearms. I don't need anything. I'll leave my doors open because it's my right as my house. I own it. Nobody can come in and take any of my stuff. Well, that may be your belief, but Mr. Burglar Boy down the road that sees you have no locks and you have no doors, he might decide one day at 2 o'clock in the morning he's going to come in and he's going to take your stuff. And all of a sudden you're going to go, well, how does he take my stuff? It's my right. He can't take my right. He can't take my stuff. No, he did. He did and he will. Because you allowed him to do it because you did not defend what was yours. That's the million-dollar question. How far are you willing to defend your right, your right to breathe free air, to breathe clean air, to get fresh sunshine, to run your business, to defend your friends and family? That's a million-dollar question, my friends. Keep the fight up. Keep the truth going. If you need anything, healthmasters.com, B-Complex formula, on-sales product of the week, and be sure to use the 12 Days Coupon Code for the Ultimate Multiple Powder. For today only, they change every single day. So watch your email as it will pop up every single morning for that 12 Days of Christmas special at healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.